Hey listeners, welcome back to Who Knew We Didn't, the podcast where we talk about psychology, psychological studies, how these things play a role in our lives, stuff we didn't know and learned, all that, all of that. Um, <laughs> my name is Megan and my partner in podcast here is Marta. Hello. Marta. Hello. Um, hey. So <laughs> today we've got a study study. Well, I say we, but really it's Marta. Marta has a study study for us. So I'll pass it over to you, Marta, and why don't you introduce it? So yeah, today I want to talk to you about a study called the Little Albert Experiment. Uh, if you are in an undergrad in psychology, you probably know about this experiment. It's one of the first ones that you learn about. Um, it's about a child that they named Albert for the study, but that's probably not his name in real life. And it has some classical conditioning that probably wouldn't pass an ethics committee today. Are you ready? Am I ready? I, I am absolutely ready. But first, I need you to tell me what classical conditioning is. Okay. Let's start describing classical conditioning by talking about dogs. Megan, do you know how to train a dog? I have some ideas about how to train a dog. I read um, the Caesar Milan's book about how to train a new dog. Uh -huh. And so I learned quite a bit from that. Um, otherwise, I think it's just like consistency and like rewards yeah 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 and that's actually based on some psychological research i believe it yeah um there's a principle in psychology that was coined by a russian psychologist ivan pavlov and it's called classical conditioning pavlov's dog i know exactly this. exactly um, and classical conditioning has to do with eliciting a desired behavior after presenting a conditioned stimulus so let me put that into slightly less psychology speak it started with a study on dogs as i mentioned and pairing certain neutral stimuli like a bell with a response stimulus like food so first you decide what response you want to your neutral stimulus for example with the pavlov experiment he wanted the dog to drool every time that the dog heard a bell so every time pavlov rung a bell we know that dogs drool when presented with food though so pavlov hypothesized that if we paired food with the bell ring then the dog will learn and begin to associate one with the other so then when the bell is rung the dog will drool and he was right over a series of situations pavlov presented the dog with food right after having heard the bell then the dog made the association between the bell and getting the food so anticipation of food he started to drool pavlov then tested it and started taking away the food and would only ring the bell and the dog would still drool in, in anticipation of the pairing so i mentioned a couple keywords um, or a couple i guess technical terms throughout that description mm -hmm. First, there's the neutral stimulus. This is the thing that doesn't elicit any behavior, but you want it to. So in Pavlov's experiment, it was the bell. Yeah. Next is the unconditioned stimulus. This is the thing that naturally elicits the desired behavior. So again, in Pavlov's experiment, that was the food. The thing that like elicits it without any like yeah. encouraging. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, then you have the unconditioned response. So that's the way the animal behaves when you present the unconditioned stimulus. So. With Pavlov, it was the drooling when mm -hmm. presented with the food. Yeah. So you don't have to teach the dog. The dog will drool when presented with food. So like unconditioned response would be like a natural response. Yeah. Yeah. Or something that they already have, like something that you're not training. Yeah. yeah something they're programmed for that's not related to your training. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Through classical conditioning, these things start to change over to have new meanings for the participant or for the dog. So after being paired repeatedly with food, the bell starts to become the conditioned stimulus instead of the neutral stimulus. Think of the word conditioned to mean trained. So once he's been trained to respond to something, it becomes a conditioned stimulus rather than unconditioned. And then the conditioned response, as opposed to the unconditioned response, is now drooling because it's conditioned to the bell. 
So pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. It's really all about the way that our brains work and the way that we assess situations. Animals and humans rely on past experiences to tell them what a future experience might be like. This helps us respond to things quicker. This helps us learn how to interact with the world around us because we base things on how they used to or have been yeah Yeah. or have been Um, and for example if we see something that really scared us we won't approach it because we know that that thing is scary or if we see something really delicious that's usually delicious then we'll try to eat it like for example me with cheese (laughs) or like um, when you see a bowl of fruit on someone's table and you pick it up and then find out that it's a wax fruit and you shouldn't have tried to eat it when you see yeah and then when you see fruit that's like too pretty yeah you don't want to eat it anymore (laughs) Okay, so then how does all of this apply to the Little Albert experiment? Well, it turns out that psychologist John B. Watson and his grad student Rosalie Rayner saw Pavlov's experiment and they're like, hey, you know what's similar to a dog? Little babies. A child? Oh, God. (laughs) Well, that's where this is going. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, we want to see if this same principle could be applied to humans. Okay. And as I go, remember that these results were published way back. It was in February of 1920. So almost, what is that? More than 80 years ago. Yeah, long time ago. 98 years ago. um, In the Journal of Experimental Psychology. So... Were they going to teach him how to drool or to drool on command? I wish it was that wholesome. If little Albert walked away just like drooling at the sound of a bell, he'd probably be okay. But no, the thing that they did was way more horrifying. They conditioned him to be terrified of things. So they're like, instead of drooling, we want the conditioned response to be fear and like crying. Yeah. To a child. Yep. To a baby. Um, The hypothesis here was that children fear loud noises naturally. So that's the unconditioned stimulus. And he wanted to take a neutral stimulus, like a rat, and train the child to become afraid of it. I feel like that wouldn't be hard to learn to be afraid of, like, a big scary rat. Yeah. Well, so they did some baseline studies, or they did some baseline tests for the child. And they presented Albert with a white rat with a rabbit, with a dog, monkey, masks with and without hair, cotton, wool, burning newspapers, all sorts of things. And they wanted to see how Albert reacted. And he reacted completely fine. He played with the rats. So he wasn't afraid of any Mm-mm. of those things before yeah. this experiment got yeah. started. Okay. And this is probably one of the only things that like actually was done in, sort a, methodolo- of scientifically. Yeah, in a methodologically <laughs> sound way that they tested. They had baselines for little Albert and then they started to do the actual experiment. Um, Albert was a nine-month-old infant and of According to the study, otherwise he was emotionally stable. He was nine months old. Mm -hmm. I was thinking little Albert was maybe like three, Mm -mm. like able to articulate. Nine months. Wow. Yeah. Um, And as I mentioned, he showed no fear during the baseline tests. So the method for this experiment, what they did was they put a mattress on a table in the middle of a room. I'm creeped out already. If you're creeped out, don't watch the video. Oh, my God. There's a fucking video. And there's pictures. Oh, no. I was thinking of putting the the pictures on our Instagram. So I guess we'll see. But, like, the video is just... And it's, like, black and white. It's, like, 1920s video. So it, like, looks like horror already. Maybe put, like, the link in the show notes. I feel like that could get us banned from Instagram. Oh, my God. (laughs) Put those photos up. Child cruelty. Yeah. Um, then he was given uh, one of the items, like the rat, and he was allowed to play with it. At that point, a loud noise was made behind Albert's back. So what they used was striking a steel bar with a hammer every time Albert tried to touch the rat. That's so f. We're going to be using the rat for the like example, but I think they did this with all of the things. So I think they did it with the rabbit, the dog, the monkey, etc. 
but yeah, we're going to be using the rat. Okay. They already knew that Albert hated that sound. Like when there was a really loud sound, he would cry, respond with fear, like whatever. He just didn't like it. And the results were that anytime Albert played with the rat afterwards, because they kept pairing the two stimuli together, he was afraid of the rat. He didn't even go near it. Wait, so, hold on. Sorry, I'm going to try again. <laughs> and, and the results were, as any child would, with fear, stimuli paired. What is the sentence? I'm going to try to... Albert responded as any child would. With, with fear. fear. Stimulus repaired. My, oh, I'm going to just not read that. <laughs> and yeah. make up my own sentence. And the results were, as you'd expect, Albert started to become afraid of the rat after it was paired over and over again with the hectic loud sound that anybody would be afraid of. So, like, even without the loud sound anymore, like, same as Pavlov, he's afraid of the rat with or without yep. the banging. Yeah, exactly. Jeez Louise. So, okay, so he's afraid of the rat. That isn't too bad. Like, it's not, this is not going good directions yeah. but that's not the worst thing yeah and like you know most of us develop a phobia of rats anyway so i have a i don't like rats yeah. <laughs> i don't um, mind mice but i don't like rats. rats yeah it, most of us don't like rats especially because of their associations with like dirtiness and whatever the so plague and yeah wouldn't be the absolute worst thing if albert was just afraid of that but again maybe that wouldn't have been wouldn't have been so bad if that's the actual way that it went Maybe it's because fear is so powerful and tied to our survival instincts, or maybe it's because it happens with all conditioning, but little Albert's fears extended beyond the rat. So this is called generalization. And it's when the thing that you're conditioned to respond to is more than this, that specific thing. So he was no longer just afraid of rats. He was afraid of furry things. So he was afraid of, hold on, I have a list. Like puppies? Yeah, he was, he then became afraid of rabbits, furry dogs, furry toys, whatever. Oh. Yeah, and babies, like we know that children aren't naturally afraid of like fluffy, furry things. No, normally they like to cuddle those things. It's a pleasant texture for them as their little senses are growing. Yeah, yeah. So Albert became afraid of that oh the savior here after the experiment is that if something can be trained into you as being scary mm -hmm. you have to keep expecting it to be scary every time you interact with it okay so after the experiment was done and albert kept living his regular life and he kept seeing rabbits and nothing bad happened whenever he saw a rabbit or nothing bad happened whenever he saw a dog it slowly started getting taught out of him he I'd stops assume. associating yeah nice furry things with scary noises yeah okay so it, he unlearns to be afraid. Yeah. And it's like, that's maybe the saving grace of this. Well, not saving grace, but like we're maybe Albert is okay. So, okay. Then I have to ask, do we know, do we know that you said maybe, do we know that little Albert is okay? So do we like, do we know who he is? Do we know how he progressed in his life? <laughs> Does he still afraid of rabbits? Well, this is this. We actually have no idea. We don't know who little Albert is is the story goes that according to some textbooks albert's mother worked in the same building as watson the experimenter and she didn't know that the tests were being conducted so like watson i don't know kidnapped a baby and then <laughs> conditioned it to be afraid of things that's like one story there are many stories um but apparently she when she found out she took little albert and ran away but then later on imagine trying to find that mother like oh did you let your child be kidnapped <laughs> No one, okay, I don't think you can let your child be kidnapped. Well, no, I think no, the true. act You're of right. kidnapping is, you know, by force. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they, they don't know who it was. There are two suspected, 
I guess, victims. Like, there are two men that it could have been, but it, this happened in the 1920s. Like, whoever it was is more than likely passed away already, mm-hmm. too. Poor little Albert. Wow. So, yeah, so they don't know. Um, there was a review by psychologist Ben Harris in 1979, and he critiqued the little Albert experiment on all the things that you know I'm going to dig into. Uh, and he was assuming that it was one guy, so a lot of his critiques rely on like oh well we found this yeah because they analyzed that one guy that they found and whatever and like according to the way this guy is like all these things were wrong but other articles that i found say that it was somebody else so there's two guys that it could have been i don't think they're worth mentioning because i don't want to confuse us but yeah so then i i do know you it's true um so i guess (laughs) i'm just prepared now um he kidnapped a baby you know he you know did a bunch of unethical tests without consent from the mother or the baby for that matter so um why don't you take me through everything else that's wrong here um i don't know if my list is going to be all inclusive because (laughs) i don't want to spend so much time just like ranting against the experiment but for starters where are the test conditions what other children were presented also neutral stimulus but without the unconditioned stimulus like what other children were presented with the rat for the same amount of times that Albert was without that loud banging noise or anything or also sample size of one tiny little Albert like why wasn't there a little Alberta or a little (laughs) or a little John or whatever like why was it just little Alberta yeah (laughs) sorry (laughs) no that's very funny um why wasn't it why was it just one child that was being conditioned like I'm glad only one child was subjected to this torture but also like not ideal experimental results no absolutely experimental methods yeah and especially like you said earlier a lot of us grow up to have a bad association with rats so yeah. yeah yeah um then also this is a stupid one but again as we've seen in many psychological experiments it's only one single white male where are my colorful babies at from different cultures and civilizations just one white little albert where's alberta (laughs) Well, and also, like, if you're doing all of this um, without, like, clearly without the mother's knowledge and uh, or like the father's knowledge, like, how do you account for things that happened when that little boy went home? Like, Mm -hmm. what else could have contributed to him having bad associations, other loud noises that he saw, other times he interacted with furry things? Yeah, like maybe the mom, like, hit a hammer on a metal pole before she beat him or something crazy. Maybe. I Jeez. doubt it, but sorry, we're getting into serious gray. <laughs> 1920s, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then not to mention, this would have never passed today's ethic com- ethics no, committees. No, no. So I've mentioned this in past study studies. Psychological studies now have strict ethics committee guidelines if you want to get any sort of funding whatsoever. Um, and like I mentioned, couldn't they have taught Albert to drool? Yeah, why did fear have to be the, the desired outcome here? Mm-hmm. Like, what a awful thing to do. Yeah, and I'm not even going to say, I'm not, I don't know if drooling would even pass because from what I remember from the ethics outlines, you're not allowed to change participants in any way that cannot be fixed or turned back by a debriefing at the end. Huh. So if little Albert like went home after being taught to drool when looking at a rock, this might violate the ethics committee guidelines because he was completely changed by the experiment or like do it in a way that changes them for the better like test out different ways to potty train little albert and use conditioning to like do that so i mean he was going to be changed in that way anyway i don't know any kind of negative effect has to be mitigated by a debriefing at the end and like have a positive effect yeah, yeah i really highly doubt that they were like hey 
Albert, by the way, this rat is like not scary. And the child was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> I get that. I'm nine months old. I'm nine months old. <laughs> I understand this. Yeah. So I just, there's things. Yeah. There's things. Um, and enough of those things. That's, uh, it, torture is the word. That's pretty horrific. Um, did anything good come of this? You know, while I'm not one for terrifying little children, uh, some did, some good did come of it. For example, I'd argue that this was the birthplace of behavioral therapy for humans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We learned some behaviors based on stimuli, environment, and situations. We talked about this way back in like our personality episode. We've touched upon this before uh, in many other episodes. And we know this stuff maybe because of the Little Albert experiment. Or maybe this is something that like helped jump off a lot of other research. Yeah. So although this one particular piece of research was horrific there are other things that stemmed from it because we were like oh okay so humans do respond to classical conditioning what else like how else can they be trained or whatever um behavioral therapy is practiced by therapists around the world and again it uses this idea Mm -hmm. if you do something often enough and good things happen because of it then you start to learn to do that behavior the action and effect thing Mm -hmm. you start to anticipate good rewards and also i guess you could use this in low-key ways to get the people around you to act better i don't know how to explain this i don't know if you were reading my mind right there (laughs) but i was like okay so what could my (laughs) yes yes what could my neutral stimulus be yeah Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how to explain this without sounding manipulative. Yeah, it's but, totally manipulative, and it's maybe bad that that's the like first funny. place both of our minds went. <laughs> but um, as long as we're not like punishing people, like you use reward and not punishment. Yes, positive effect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, so, if someone does something that you like, tell them that you appreciate it, and then they get a good feeling. So then they begin to associate that behavior with the good feeling of being appreciated. So then they do the thing again and search for that feeling. This is arguably why runners are addicted to running. Or for example, I was able to successfully teach my boyfriend to clean up his clothes off the floor more often because I had a bag of M&Ms that I <laughs> low-key used. Whenever he would like put his stuff in the hamper, I was like, hey, do you want some M&Ms? Are you serious? Yeah. That's so funny. It, like, I'm not sure if it like completely worked because again, sample size of one, I didn't have like pre and post statistics, but like in my, that's what I was, that was my goal. Like I had this bag of M&M's I was like hey I can use this for this and maybe it worked maybe it did yeah um well it also makes me think of our autism episodes when we were interviewing Mm -hmm. uh, Fatty and Rebecca and Fatty talked a lot about finding the like right um positive motivator for children with autism to like learn um focus on their focus on their strengths Mm -hmm. and like use that to their advantage rather than work against those sorts of things yeah yeah yeah. and it's so again that's like behavior therapy teaching that good things can happen from certain actions or certain behaviors it's the same principle except the behavior is the condition stimulus rather than like a box or a rock or yes a rat yes <laughs> yeah yeah and so yeah that's everything about the little albert experiment there's a lot more about like classical conditioning and like the different types of reinforcements that are stronger or weaker and then there's another related concept called operant conditioning um as opposed to classical condition conditioning which like just further expands on this but i wanted to talk about little albert i thought a study study would be a perfect maybe for your next study study you could do operational conditioning and find like a 
little Alberta <laughs> experiment about that. I think maybe nobody else did this to children. I hope maybe I know, nobody does. I know. I just but really like, like no, that you totally said right. little, little Alberta. Alberta. That's too funny to me. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. That's, that's everything. Cool. That was a really interesting study, Marta. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. Yeah. And, and listeners, I hope that you all enjoyed that as well. If you had any questions while you were listening to this episode, if you have anything that you wanted to share, you know, maybe you know the secret to who little Albert was and you want to tell us and we could, oh. yeah, like yes. break this case wide open. Yeah. Um, or maybe you just, you know, had some questions or wanted the link to the scary videos let oh us God. know <laughs> give us a shout you can find us everywhere uh on social media twitter facebook instagram all that jazz we're who knew we didn't everywhere mm-hmm. you can also email us at who knew we didn't at gmail.com let us know what you think and uh otherwise thank you for listening see ya bye